check, check. Team, if you could make your way to the stage, please.
morning, New Hope Community Church. How's everybody doing this morning? If we can make our way back to our seats so we can step into the presence of, of the Lord this morning. Can we all give a shout of praise to our Father? Can we all give a shout of praise to him this morning? I'm excited. I'm excited to see what God's going to do in this building today. And I know if we all give our all, give up, and give up everything that we have in life to him, I know he, will, he is going to bless us. So before we start today, we're going to open up the scripture. And Serena is going to open us up in scripture this morning, and then she's going to lead us into prayer also. Okay. Psalms 31 through 5 states, I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. O Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks of the remembrance of his holy name, for his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for letting us be able to get together today and meet in your house, and we ask that you bring your Holy Spirit to usher us into worship, and... listen to the sermon today and the heart to receive what is spoken over us today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Could we all stand to honor our Father today? Because our God is a great God, isn't he? He's a God that makes changes. He's a God that makes ways. He's a God that breaks through doors that we can't get through, right? So we got to give him our honor. We got to give him everything. He wants all of it. He wants us to surrender our lives down to him so that we can gain everything that he has. So let us surrender this morning, right? Let us surrender everything that we have this morning. Let's not hold anything inside of us this morning. Let's not hold any pains inside this morning. Let's give it up. Let's give it up to the Lord this morning. He wants to heal us, but we got to let go. We got to let go, right? We got to let go and let God do what God does. We got to let go and let God do what God does, right? Oh, Lord. We were under our the end, crying out from the pit of my despair. There you were in the shadow, holding out your hand. You met me. There I was, there I was, empty ended, crying out from the pit of my desperate, there you were, in the shadow, holding out your hand, you met me. Rescue story. 
been a page yeah. before I had a need, before I needed you. Cause every time I run away, you were louder than my shit. And now, where would I be without you? Where would I be? Christ 
Come and search me freely. Chronicles 7.14 states, if we surrender our lives to God and give Him our all, He will set us free. He will set us free. If my people who call my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from sin and all other wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven I'll forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. I will take them to glory, to glory, to glory, and all those things of His promises. He takes us to glory, to glory, to glory, to glory, to glory, to glory. He takes us to glory, to glory, to
say I am, not what the world says I am, not what people growing up say that I am, not what uh, anything that says I am who you say I am. And you say that I am chosen, that I am redeemed, that I am forgiven, that I am loved, that I am seated in heavenly places with Christ. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for all that you've done for us. I thank you that you are our king, that you are our Lord. And I thank you for this day that we can, that you put breath in our lungs, that we can give you a sacrifice of praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy. Worthy are you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are high. You are lifted up. We magnify you. We magnify you above any problem that we face, above any mountain, above any sickness, above any disease. Lord, we know you're greater than all that. Thank you, Lord. We know that you love us with a perfect love. And that perfect love cast out any form of fear that comes from the world. And we thank you, Lord, that we are free in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may be seated, but before you do, why don't you just tell somebody you love them, give them a handshake, give them a high five really quick. Find somebody you never talked to before. Don't say hi to them same three people. You'll see them same three people. Just tell them you're glad that you, glad you made it today. Good job. You could have stayed home in bed. You could have went to the Eaton Park breakfast buffet, but you came here to church. And because you were obedient, that means that you're in a position to be blessed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Good. Good to be in the house of God. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. We're going to go ahead and we're going to take our offering today. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. God put this verse on my heart. It says, you shall remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is 
to this day. So it says it's the Lord who gives you power to get wealth. It doesn't necessarily say it's the Lord who gives you wealth. He gives you power to get wealth. That means he gives you ability. He gives you capacity. He gave you a mind. He gave you strength, right? He put the breath in your lungs. He gave you skills that you didn't have, right? The Bible says that even in your mother's womb that he knew you that he formed you, that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. He put something inside of you that is your gift to the rest of the world, right? So if we're gonna, if we're gonna walk in the fullness of what God wants us to do, first of all, we gotta grab hold of that, that he gives us the power, he gives us the ability, the capacity to get wealth. Because the Bible says that if you don't work, that you don't one person knows it. Everybody else like, dang, it says it in there, man. I was hungry too. Bible says that if you shall not work, you shall not eat. So we're expected to work and contribute because God gave us that, right? The body of Christ isn't to be lazy people. And, and what happens with somebody who has a poverty mentality, they just sit around. They say, you know what? Everybody's got to do for me. God says, no, I gave you the power to get wealth so that you can come into a covenant and he gives you the power to get wealth. The New Testament says he, he gives seed to the sower. So he gives you something that you can sow. And then as he gives you the power to go out and get wealth, and he says, you come into a covenant with your giving. You come into a covenant with your giving. Give and it will be given to you. Ushers, if you want to make your way forward, are we just doing two or is that... Sorry, I didn't, I didn't want to mess you guys up. But he gives you the power to get wealth. And then we come into covenant by, by taking some of what we, uh, what the wealth that we have, and we give it back to the kingdom. And he says, when you give that, then I'll multiply back to that. And pretty soon you'll be in a cycle that's not dependent on the things of this world. He depends on us to be faithful. When the Israelites crossed into the promised land. When they were in the wilderness, manna rained down on them. And they just, all they had to do is go pick it up. And there's a season where God brings people into the church and you know what, they're, they're new Christians and they're, you know, they just take part in what people sowed before. The reason this church is here is because Janet sowed into a church that met in her garage. And then other people sowed that, that met in a house church. And then they sowed to, to meet in, in, a, in, a, um, in a school, in the auditorium. And then they sowed so that we could come into here. And people have continued to sow and new people come in. And it's like, they're just like, okay, hey, look at this manna. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm picking it up off the ground. But it says when they went into the promised land, the manna ceased. Why? Because at that point, they were supposed to sow into the ground and it was sowing and reaping. And God blessed the work of their hands. He blessed their sowing so that they would reap a harvest. So if that's where you're at today, if you say, you know what, I'm struggling, I can't make ends meet. The Lord says, trust me, trust me, trust me in your giving. And then see if I don't open up the windows of heaven. See if I don't pour out a blessing. But if you trust him, right, you put faith in his word, your giving's by faith, I give by faith, and I trust in his word, I come into agreement, because faith without works is dead. 
I believe the Lord to provide for me. I mean, I believe the Lord is going to provide for every one of my needs. But are you willing to take their faith and take that step of faith and say, I'm going to sow and I'm going to believe that God's going to multiply this and provide for everything I need and give me an abundance for every good work because God doesn't want you to just get by. Right? Why should the, why should the world have all the money? Why should all the evil people evil business people and evil people in the world have all the money so that they can control all these things so that they can you know put all this propaganda all this anti-god anti-family stuff up i think that the body of christ should have the wealth amen Amen. and if we do that god's way guess what we'll be the ones on top we'll be the ones making an impact in our community Amen? amen lord i thank you that you've given us the power to get wealth, Lord. And Lord, we could never give what you gave us. And we're not giving to to be saved. We're giving out of an abundance of what you've already given us. You've given us eternal life. And Lord, we just want to come into a covenant with you with our giving. Lord, and we just, according to your word, your word says, test me, try me. So Lord, we just, we come into agreement and we believe in your word and we believe that you're a good father and we believe that we can't outgive you lord so i just come into agreement with every person that gives in here lord that their everything that they give will be multiplied back to them in jesus name amen amen you guys can go ahead and take the offering Chris, if you want to come up and just while the uh, ushers are taking the offering. So she's just going to kind of talk about a couple things and then she's going to pray for the kids to be dismissed. Okay. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. <clears throat> um, as you can see, we've got a lot going on in the back. And um, part of that is to support our missions team. We're going to the LA Dream Center at the end of June. And we're going to be um, working with people in their community that are um, struggling with homelessness, abuse, um, sex trafficking, and, you know, a lot of different issues in their lives. Um, We are going there to come alongside of them, to bring the true gospel, and to be Jesus to them, and to help set them free, partnering with the Lord. And we are all called, if you are a follower of Jesus, you are called to spread the gospel all over the earth. And some of us can't necessarily go on a missions trip, but you can sow into a missions trip. And when you do that, you are a part of it. You are helping those people become free. You are helping those people hear the true, pure gospel that will transform their lives. And so we are selling um, honey back there from Trey's Bees. Thank you, Trey. I don't know where he went, but thanks, Trey, for for, um, the honey. Um, Kathy has some homemade fudge back there. Um, The honey is $10 for the large jars, five for the little. And um, Kathy has fudge, $3 for the bags, and five with with a cute little Easter bucket. We've got um, events coming up. So... Part of the way that we're raising money for this is by having events so we can all come together and have fun. So you're not just giving money, but you are participating and having fellowship with the body of Christ. So we have an event. Our next event is um, April 15th, and we will be having a canvas 
um, party. So who has gone and painted canvases, like on a date night or with friends? Oh, it's really popular right now, and it's a lot of fun. And if you can't paint, if you can't draw, it doesn't matter. It's just going to be a fun night where we get together and paint canvases and um, support our missions team. So that's April 15th at 7 p.m. And we have other events coming up, and we have all the information in the back. And I want to thank everyone who came out for the movie last night. It was a great time. Thanks for supporting us. And I hope to see you all at all of our events. Let's all get together and make this fun and do God's work. Thank you. Oh, oh, children. Sorry. <laughs> and, and let's stretch our hands out to the children. Lord, you have a plan and purpose, a unique plan and purpose for every single child in this church, every single child around the world. And Lord, I pray that you fill them with your joy and your peace and your love, and that you pour that into them, and they take it home to impact their families, Lord. I pray that as they go to their classes, that they learn the truth, they learn the true gospel, they learn the ways of Jesus, that they could carry it into their lives, into their families, into their schools. And I pray for the teachers, Lord. I pray that you give them a fresh anointing for today to work with the children. Fill them with your peace and love, patience, kindness, and joy. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Chris. You just set that on that front row. That's fine. Wherever. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. You know, in history, there's days where everybody remembers. It's like something happens, and when it happens, it's like the world changes in that moment. I was thinking of those kind of days, and, you know, one of the days that came to mind was July 4th, 1776, right? 1776, the day that America declared independence from the king of England, America became not a colony, but became its own country. That day, everything in the world changed. In more recent history, we think about events like Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor happened in you know, the United States, which was trying to kind of stay out of World War II, was kind of dragged in by that attack. And right there, everything everything changed. I know that my parents' generation would always talk about where were you at when JFK was assassinated. That was a big deal, you know, to have a president and, and coming against some things and all of a sudden, you know, you, you realize that there's sort of this shadow behind the scenes that actually murdered the president. I mean, that's you know, pretty crazy things, but I think that day it was like in people's minds, like something changed. That's why they remembered exactly where they were at at that time when they heard the news. For me, I think it was September 11, 2001. And I remember I was working as a, I, I was working as a mail carrier. So I was a mailman working up over in Bellevue, you know, just a, a, a you know, a little bit up the road, up 65, and, and I was walking around, and I kind of was listening to a little bit on the radio, and I kind of heard what was happening. I kind of had earbuds while I was out. You know, I wasn't allowed to, but I did anyway, but I had earbuds in out there delivering mail, and um, this guy, you know, I didn't even know him. He was like, are you, do you know what's happening? You know, I'm just walking around delivering mail. I'm like, yeah. He's like, 
come in, come in. You know, he wanted me to come into his house. And so I went into this house and, and I'm sitting there with this old guy that I, didn't, I never met before. I didn't know him. You know, I'm just sitting in his, on his couch and, um, and I'm watching it on TV, you know. And, 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 you know, hearing it was one thing, but seeing it and seeing the Twin Towers on fire. And I remember it was like, you know, and, and they kept kind of replaying the, the plane, you know, uh, flying into it. And they, they kept, you know, doing the replay. Then they would cut live and then they do. And so they kept kind of going like that. Nobody really knew what was going on at that time. And then it was like maybe around 10 o'clock and one of the buildings just, just came down, just, just pancaked. And I knew at that moment, I knew that things were going to be different, that the world was about to go through a, a massive change. And, and we saw the changes that, the, you know, two major wars, which, you know, by the grace of God, we were able to, you know, pull out of. But when you talk about days that everything changed, about 3,500 years ago, there was a night in Egypt that was unlike any other night. It was a night that everything changed. And on that night, it says that there was a cry, not like there ever was before or shall be like it again. And that night, every firstborn child in Egypt died. From the wealthiest and most powerful people to the lowliest servant. And this wasn't some kind of mystery illness or pandemic. It was a judgment of God. And it seems extremely cruel unless you kind of understand the whole story. And so on this Palm Sunday, this is what I want to talk a little bit about. And the title of my message is this, Christ our Passover. Christ our Passover. So 1 Corinthians 5, 7, uh, I'm just going to read it really quick. Uh, and I'm just going to read the second part of our verse. It should be over there on the on the screen, just says this, 1 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, for indeed Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Let me just pray for the message. Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you that um, this is a new day. Lord, I pray that you would give us fresh revelation, even maybe if we know the story, even maybe if this is an old story. Lord, I pray that you would just give us greater enlightenment, that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. I pray that you would lead and guide us into all truth this morning. Lord, and I pray that we would know Jesus better after today. So Lord, I just... I just pray that you bless the words and you bless the people. In Jesus' name, amen. So some of you guys, maybe you might be asking yourself, why do we need to learn about the Passover? Isn't that a Jewish thing? I'm not Jewish. I don't wear a yarmulke. You know, I, I, don't, I don't get it. Isn't that Old Testament? Aren't we under the New Testament? Isn't, I, you know, I remember I used to have people that would tell me, like, why are you preaching from the Old Testament? Like, it's, you know, that, that's old. We're not under that anymore. You don't need to teach from that. But again, we, you know, I've been doing a whole series, and hopefully you guys have learned by now, if I haven't 
drilled it in your head that the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation is all about Jesus. It's all about Christ and reading and understanding the Old Testament helps us to understand the ministry of Jesus in a deeper way. And one of the greatest types and shadows of what Jesus would do for us is found in the story of the Passover. And for time's sake, I'm not going to read all the scriptures, but I'm going to give you a Cliff Notes version. I was thinking like I might have to quit saying that. Do you guys even know what Cliff Notes are? I mean, some people do, some people, you know, it was like this thing where they would, you didn't have to read the whole book. So like if your teacher would give you a book assignment, you didn't have to read the whole book. They had these things called Cliff's Notes. I don't know who Cliff was, but evidently he would take the highlight points of the books and you could read the notes and then you didn't have to read the whole book. It gave you all the highlights. So if, you know, it, to discuss it, you would get the gist of it. If you had to take a test, the main points were usually in the Cliff Notes. So I'm going to give you guys the Cliff Notes version and, and I'm just going to kind of bounce through a couple different scriptures. So um, the, the nation in Israel ended up going to Egypt because there was a great famine in the land. And uh, Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, had a son by the name of Joseph. And, and through a crazy course of events, Joseph ended up being the second most powerful person um, in the government of Egypt. And Egypt was the most powerful country in the world at that time. And because Joseph got his wisdom from God, he was he was able to um, navigate the country and having plenty in Egypt. Even though the rest of the world was in a famine, they went through a process. God gave them a prophetic word. He acted on it, and they began storing up grain for seven years. So when there was a famine, Egypt had plenty, but the rest of the world was starving. And so Joseph has his family, which was, you know, all of what, you know, was Israel at that time, to come down and to live in Egypt so that they could have food to eat. And um, Israel, the, the nation of Israel began growing and prospering within Egypt. So they had their own land kind of within Egypt and, and, and God was blessing them and, and they were having a lot of children and they were getting strong and, and over time, Joseph dies and the Pharaoh that was in charge he, he, he goes away, there's a new pharaoh, and, and, and all of a sudden, these leaders in Egypt, they began looking about how strong the people of God were becoming, and, and looking at them and saying, look, you know, look at them growing strong. One day, they're going to be stronger than us. They're going to overtake us, and they're going to rule over us. So, so they started getting insecure, and they started getting fearful, and they decided that they would make a plan to make everybody in Israel their slaves. You've got to understand that there's sometimes things in our life that can be a blessing in one season and they can be a curse in another. Sometimes, you know, at one time, Egypt wasn't always a curse to them. Egypt was used for a season to provide for them. But then there came a point where it became a curse. And there's things that sometimes are in your life that can be a blessing in one season but if you try to hold on to them too hard, they're going to be a curse in the next season. I remember my, my job, you know, we talked about, I used to work at the post office. It was a blessing to me. 
when I was young, I mean, I, was, I think I was like 23 when I bought my first house and I was able to get loans and it provided for my family. But, you know, once I got into kind of ministry and being at the church, you know, it was like there was a grace that was lifted off of my life and, and I couldn't do both and I had to pull back. So the thing that was in one season, so you got to know when to shift from one thing to another. But this slavery that they were in, it continued for almost 400 years. And, and, and the treatment at the hand of the Egyptians became even more and more harsh. And like we talked about Friday, this caused the Israelites to begin to cry out to God. And guess what? God heard their prayers. How many of you know that prayer is a powerful thing? I know that there's, uh, there, there's been like memes passed around on social media where, you know, people are like, you know, yeah, you know, your thoughts and prayers with all the dead kids in school, you know. And I'm thinking like, you foolish people. You know, I'm here because of prayers. A lot of you are because of prayers. I've seen God answered prayers. People were healed because of prayers. People are delivered. They're delivered from hell because of prayers. Amen. Give them some praise. Uh, you know, we, we stopped what we were doing. I, I don't know if that was last Friday or was that on Sunday um, when we prayed for the baby. It was like Friday, right? So Friday, I mean, you know, we, we got, what was his name? Baby Henry. So this, you know, baby was, you know, it, it was, he had to be literally life flighted to Delaware to go to a special specialty hospital. And they didn't know whether he was going to make it. And we just kind of stopped and we got in and we prayed. And guess what? He's all right. He's all right right now. Amen. Don't tell me that God doesn't answer prayers. Your prayers move the hand of God. The problem more is, is that most of the time we don't pray like we should. We don't give time to prayer. And as Christians, we're called to pray and intercede for the world, for the people around us, for our children, for our governments, for our schools, right? We are called to intercede and pray. God gave us dominion. God reacts to our prayers. The problem isn't with God. The problem is, is we're not praying like we should. Amen. So God hears our prayers. God heard their prayers. And God reaches out to an 80-year-old shepherd by the name of Moses to be the deliverer of Israel. Now, only God would have a plan like this. So normally, like if you say, okay, we want to bring down the most powerful country in the world, right? I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get some of the strongest men that I know, and we're going to start training, and we're going to get arms, and, you know, we're going to get ready to, to fight this country. But God says, no, I'm going to get an 80-year-old shepherd and his brother, and I'm going to send them to the most powerful nation in the world, and they're going to bring that nation down. You know why? Because it's not about the man. It's about the power that's able to flow through the man. It's not about our own strength and ability. It's about 
who we represent and who we're, it's not about our authority, it's about the authority that's given us. And when we're able to yield to God and be obedient to him, then his power flows through us. And that's a power that enables an 80-year-old man and his brother. I don't know how old his brother was. Maybe Nancy knows. How old was his brother? All right. So, I mean, you know, so he, he goes and he says, all right, you guys are going to do this. You're going to go there. I mean, can you imagine him going and, and just, you know, approaching the most powerful seat in the world? He said, you know what? You're going to let these people go. You know, it must have been very strange um, to the Pharaoh of that day. And, you know, Moses comes to the people and he lets the Israelites know that, that God has heard their cries and, and, and he tells the Pharaoh, you're going to let my people go. And not only does Pharaoh refuse to let them go, but he actually makes their work even harder. And, and you know, this is one of the things that you got to understand that sometimes when you make an effort to fix a broken situation, sometimes it gets a little bit worse before it gets better. Sometimes when you face an issue, when you face a problem, when you got to deal with it, when you say, I've had enough, sometimes when you face it, at first it gets worse. But that doesn't mean that it's not going to get better. It just means that, right, the, the war has started and the battle has started. And so sometimes things get worse when they get better. And that's what happened. They said, you know, not only am I not going to let these people go, I'm going to double their work. So it got worse. So, so it, it, kind of, it kind of looks like it, it's getting bad. But, but, but Moses begins confronting Pharaoh again. And, and he gives him warnings. And he says, let my people go or else there's going to be these plagues that are going to happen to your nation. And, and this sort of begins this cycle where Moses is going and, and he says, you know, will you let my people go? And Moses says, no. And so there's a plague released. And then another plague, you know, released. And Pharaoh keeps kind of pulling back. And once the, once the plague um, hits, then he's like, okay, I'll do it. And then he, he relents and he says, no, I'm not doing it. And so you, you have this cycle that, that happens. But, you know, we talked about how cruel it seemed that, that God went and struck all the firstborn of the nation. But do you consider God's grace that, that, that you know, 10 times he was warned again and again and again. Just let him go. God says, right, the, the I am that I am, the great I am has sent me and, and, and let the people go. And time and time again, he kept warning them and he kept warning them and he kept warning them. And that's God's grace. And sometimes you got to understand that God will continue to send people in your path. That's his grace to confront you to say, you know what? You probably shouldn't be doing that. You probably shouldn't be living like that. What happened to you? You know God. You're, you're walking away. You, you were raised better than that you know better than that I don't want to see you get hurt that's God's grace working in people's lives warning warning you but sometimes you know people just they get warned and they get warned and they get and they just don't listen and so sometimes they're just so hard-headed 
The only thing left is judgment. That's the only thing that was left. What was, was the judgment? God sends signs. He sends wonders. He sends people to talk to him, and, you know, to, to let him know that, look, there is a God that is far and above stronger than any other God or any other idol that you're worshiping. There were 10 plagues in total, and each one of those plagues was a judgment against a God that Egypt worshiped. Says, you know what? That's not the God of water. I control the water. That's not the God of nature. I control nature. And they kept getting warned again and again and again, but they didn't want to relent. So God tells Moses that he's going to execute a 10th and final judgment. And the number 10 is significant in Bible numbers because 10 represents the 10 commandments. So it's a number of justice. So justice is now coming for the people that had been enslaved and abused for 400 years. God is about to break that yoke of slavery off of their life. That's where we're going to pick up Exodus 11. If you want to turn in your Bibles or go in your Bible app. When you get there, say amen. Amen. The Lord said to Moses, I'll bring one more plague on the Pharaoh and on Egypt. Afterward, he will let you go from here. And when he lets you go, he will surely drive you out of here altogether. As a matter of fact, not only is he going to let you go, He's going to, like, make you leave. He's going to beg you to leave at this point. Verse 2, speak now in the hearing of of, of the people, and let every man ask from his neighbor and every woman from her neighbor articles of silver and articles of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt and in the sight of Pharaoh's servants. And in the sight of the people, he says, not only am I going to send you out of slavery, but we're going to pay back everything that the devil stole from you. You're going to take silver and gold with you as you leave on the journey. Then Moses said, thus says the Lord, about midnight, I'll go into the midst of Egypt. And all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of the Pharaoh who sits on the throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant who's behind the handmill, and the firstborn of the animals. Then there shall be a great cry throughout all of the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before, nor shall be like it again. But against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue, against man or beast, that you may know the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. How many of you know that if you're in Christ, you're not like the rest of the world? God makes a difference between those who are his and those who are in the world. I was just sitting with some people the other day, and they were talking. They were saying, yeah, you know, something going around. Everybody's getting sick. I said, not me. Listen, just because everybody else gets sick doesn't mean I got to get sick. 
Amen? Just because everybody else is getting the flu doesn't mean I got to get the flu. I, if I'm watching the news and they're saying, well, you know, flu season is upon us again. Not in my house. Maybe out there. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. Right? God makes a difference. That, listen, and that's why, that's why during, you know, when we met in church, I can't tell you how much grief I received because we continued to meet in church during the pandemic. And even we did, we were giving away food out on the street and they're like, oh, you're giving away food and you're not wearing a mask and you're not wearing gloves. You know what? Because I'm doing what God called me to do, to give and take care of my community. And I don't believe that if I'm doing something that God calls me to do, that I'm going to be able to get hurt in that process. He says, I give you power to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all powers of the enemy, and there will be nothing that will be able to come against you. That was saying, he was saying like, when you go out and and preach the gospel, you know, back then they would travel in the desert and there would be scorpions and snakes and they're wearing sandals. He said, don't worry. You're going to go, and and those things aren't going to be able to harm you. And then he said the power of the enemy wasn't going to be able to harm you. So while I'm out helping people because they were scared, they were insecure, you know, I know that the government ended up giving people a bunch of money uh, for COVID and unemployment, and people got bonuses and all this. But there were people in this town that they worked jobs under the table. They worked construction jobs. They didn't have any security net, and everything dried up for them. And guess what? God flooded us with food, flooded us with food. Our whole sidewalk was full of food, and we went out and we handed it out. I mean, was there a little voice in the back of my head that said, you know what, you might get sick doing this, but you got to push forward with the things of God. And that's why we continued meeting. I remember there are people who are telling, well, you're going to be a super spreader event. You're, you're down there, you're down, I forgot, you're down in Ambridge, you know, because they'd be like, well, how are you doing, you know, with your church? I mean, everything is, you know, I know you're doing everything online. I'm like, we're not online, we're meeting every Sunday. They're like, well, you know, is it, you're going to cause a super spreader event. No, nope, because the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. That we are to come together as a church and worship. And guess what? We came together as a church and worship. There was just a few weeks in the beginning, because we didn't understand everything and kind of my, you know, leadership decided that I should shut down for a little while. We shut down for a little while, but we opened up back again. And guess what? We didn't lose not one person in this congregation because we met together. And I'm not saying that there weren't people who didn't get sick. And I'm not, you know, and, and I'm not saying that there weren't people who died. Obviously, I know that COVID was real. But the Bible says to be strong and be courageous. And that I believe that he makes a difference between those who are his and the people who are in the world. And and we're not going to meet together and do something that God told us to do. And then something bad's going to happen. Amen. 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 Verse 8. And all all these your servants shall come down to me and bow down to me saying, get out and all the people who follow you. After that, I will go out. So he went out from Pharaoh in great anger. And so, you know, we we know kind of the rest of the story that, that Moses gave the Jewish people specific instructions about what they were to do. They were to get a lamb. 
that is without spot and without blemish. And they were to take that lamb and they were to kill the lamb. The lamb was to be slaughtered. And then they were to take the blood of the lamb and they were to apply it to, to the doorpost and the lentil. The top part and the side parts were to be covered by the blood of the lamb. And then they were supposed to take the, the, what was left of the lamb and they were supposed to consume the entire lamb. So take the blood, cover the doorpost and the lentil, and then consume the entire lamb. And in that, God did just what he said he was going to do. And over the midst, and every one of their firstborn died. Unless you were covered by the blood, God's wrath came upon you. God's wrath came upon them, but those who were covered by the blood, they were untouched. It says that not even a dog barked at them. Because they were God's people, they were covered by the blood and and at that point the pharaoh's will was broken and the hebrews were released and they were out of slavery in egypt and and i started by saying that the passover is one of the greatest types and shadows of christ that we have in the bible and i can go on and on the comparisons are are mind-blowing but first of all they were saved by the sacrifice of the lamb Jesus is called the Lamb of God some 29 times in the New Testament. John the Baptist proclaimed it first. He said, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That's what he was referring to. He was referring to the Lamb. And Jesus is the Lamb. The Lamb was to be without spot or blemish. Couldn't just be any Lamb. Had to be a Lamb that was perfect. That represented the sinless, perfect life of Jesus Christ that he lived while he was on the earth, that he was without sin. And and when they were supposed to eat the lamb, none of the lamb's bones were to be broken. And guess what? That was to fill a prophecy that none of Jesus's bones would be broken. The lamb was to be slaughtered. Jesus gave his life like a lamb. He laid it down for the slaughter. And he, he wasn't murdered he laid his life down as a sacrifice he said i have the power to lay my life down i have the power to take it up no one takes my life from me he said he could have called down 12 legions of angels to stop it but he laid down his life as a sacrifice for your sins and my sins and that blood that was placed on a doorpost and a lentil stopped judgment and and, they still had to apply the blood. It wasn't just because they were Jews that they were saved. If they didn't listen to the instructions and by faith do what God called them to do, then judgment would have fell on them because they were covered by the blood. But guess what? We are redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? And we apply the blood of the Lamb to our lives by putting faith in Jesus Christ, who He is and what he did. I'm so glad that I am covered by the blood of Jesus. And therefore his wrath will not fall on you. You're not a child of wrath. Then it says that the entire lamb must be consumed. The blood was for their deliverance, but the body of the lamb was for strength. They had strength for the journey. They had to travel out of Egypt 
into the promised land. And the book of Psalms says there was not one feeble among them. In other words, the blood brought their deliverance and saved them from the wrath, but the body brought them total health and healing. And the Bible says that by his stripes, we have been healed. That his body was given for our healing, for your and my healing. But the blood was shed for forgiveness of sins. That's why when we take communion, we have the cup and the bread. It's the body and the blood. It's the double cure that he died for salvation of your sins and healing for your body. It's a perfect type and shadow. And then he was delivered. They were delivered from slavery and serving the Pharaoh. We've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We've been delivered from the world system. And we're actually in the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is within us. And if Jesus is our king, then we're in a kingdom. And actually our home isn't here on this earth. Our home is in heaven, but we live as ambassadors of the kingdom here on earth. Amen. Amen. And then 1,500 years after the original Passover, Jesus is crucified after celebrating the Passover with his disciples, something that we call the Last Supper. So we're going to take communion together. We're going to take the Lord's Supper together. So if you didn't get a communion cup, just raise your hands up in the air and we'll make sure an usher comes around to you. And by the way, if you want to go even deeper into an understanding, I want to encourage you, this Wednesday, we are having a Passover Seder downstairs in the fellowship hall, right through the double doors, and it's going to be a great time of fellowship together, and you'll learn how Jesus is in the Passover, even in the Passover Seder that Jewish people are celebrating right now, and we need to pray that their eyes will be opened, that their eyes will be opened to the Messiah. I mean, you know, it's like one small thing that, you know, you have these three pieces of matzah crackers, right? And, and it's a representative of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then the one in the middle is, is broken. It's just, it's just amazing that the, the symbolism that, that's in there. So I encourage you guys, Nancy, raise a hand up. If you want to see Nancy, just let her know that you're going to be coming just so we can have a final count for the people that's going to be there, but we're going to eat a meal and we're going to have the Passover together. But that's what Jesus, when he was having the last supper with his disciples, that's what they were doing. They were celebrating the Passover. And then Jesus was the fulfillment of the Passover. Jesus is our Passover lamb. You know, at that time, it was, it was one lamb for each house. Now it's one lamb for the entire world. Amen? Amen. 
We're going to go to the Gospel of Luke very quickly. Luke 22, verse 14. It's where we'll be today. It says, when the hour had come, he sat down and the 12 apostles with him. And then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and said, "This, take this and divide it amongst yourselves. For I say to you, you will not drink the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. So he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given to, for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this, is, this cup is a new covenant in my blood that is shed for you. So as we kind of begin what we call Holy Week together, begin a new week that will culminate with uh, Resurrection Sunday, I, I want to, in the light of Passover, really examine what we do together when we take communion together. Because I don't know how often that when we do this, it just becomes religion. And what I mean by that is that we just kind of go through the motions. Okay, this is what we do. We take the wafer, we drink the, we drink the juice, or depending on, I mean, when I grew up, they gave us wine. We also drank out of the big same cup too. You know, you have half the guy's lip from the, you know, some lip skin on there. Here you go. So I don't know if you want to do that either. But we do juice and, and, and we do uh, the wafer. And I, I don't want us to just skim through this and just do it. Okay, here, this is what we do. First Sunday of the month, let's all take communion together. You know? Hold me over till lunchtime till I go to Permani Brothers. I get, you know... But you have the, you have the, you have two elements. So you have the juice and the bread or the blood and the body. And my question for you today is, are you covered by the blood of Jesus? Have you, have you truly given your life to Jesus? Have you said that I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior? I want to, I want to put my faith in him, I believe in him, who he is, what he's done. Because, you know, there's coming a day. Bible says that man dies once and then comes the judgment. And we don't know when that day is. Maybe we'll live another 50 years. Maybe we won't make it past this afternoon. We don't know. And so we're going to face Jesus, and I don't know about you, but, you know, there's a lot of things that I've done wrong. Maybe not everybody knows it, but God knows it. But that's what he died for, because guess what? The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fall, fall short of the glory of God. All of us do. And the only way that we can make it into heaven is by God's grace. The only way that we're saved from God's wrath is by the blood of the lamb. So when we take this together, we do this in remembrance of what he's done for us.
and we take up the benefits of what he did at the cross for us. And so this, we always say it, and when Brother Rich leads us in communion, that this is for believers. And so if you're here today and you haven't, you know, you haven't made Jesus your Lord and Savior, you know, we're, we're glad you're here. But if you're not ready to take that step, then, you know, just put the cup to the side. Because this is, this is for believers, for the family of God. But, but if you have not made that step, today can be your day of salvation. And, and it's not going to cost you a thing. I'm not, not going to make you take 10 classes. Uh, you know, it's not about joining the church. It's not, I, I mean, we would love to have you be part of this church. But right now, it's just, let's make it about you making your peace with God. And, and if you're here today and you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, before we get into this together, I want to give you that opportunity. So if, if I could just have every head bowed and every eye closed, if you want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior today, and you never have, you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, you've never made him Lord, maybe you know what religion is. Listen, the people weren't saved from the wrath of God just because they had Jewish blood. They had to be covered by the blood of the lamb. And, and you know, it doesn't make you a Christian just because you're in church. It doesn't make you a car because you're in a garage, right? You have to be covered by the blood of the lamb, and we do it by putting faith in him. So if that's you today, and you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, I just want you to slip a hand up in the air and say, today I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Anybody here today? Amen. God sees your hand. He knows your heart. Anyone else? Anyone else? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray with uh, any of those who maybe um, you raised your hand up and, and you want to accept Jesus for the first time, or maybe um, you kind of wanted to put your hand up, but you just kind of felt awkward, but you feel that pull of the Holy Spirit in your life. We can pray together, and it's called... We call it the sinner's prayer. It's not a magical incantation, but if you pray it with faith and you pray it with belief, then it has all the power to translate you from the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of the world to the kingdom of light. And uh, I just want you to repeat after me loud enough so that you can hear it in your ears and some of the people are gonna pray it in the church so we know that you're not alone today. Just say, Lord Jesus, I come to you, I'm sorry for the way I've lived, the things I've done. I'm a sinner, but you're my savior. And I believe that you died in my place for my sins. Send the Holy Spirit to live within me and change me. And today I confess that I'm saved, that I'm forgiven, that I'm born again, in Jesus' name. Could we give a round of applause for those who prayed that prayer for the very first time? Just gonna ask you for one thing. Number one, welcome to the family of God. Number two, before you leave this place, you tell somebody, you know what, today I made Jesus my Lord and Savior, amen? So 
the blood and the, and, and, and the bread. And so we talked about that Jesus, before he went to the cross, he went to the whipping post. And they flogged him. They beat his back. And it was because he gave his body, just like that lamb's body was given for the healing and the health of the Israelites so they could make the journey and there wasn't one feeble among them. Jesus gave his body so that you could be healed. So that you could be physically healed, that you could be mentally healed, that you could be healed of anxiety, mental disorder. You can be healed. The Bible says that by his stripes, we were healed. It says that on the cross, he carried our sins. He carried our sickness. Wasn't just spiritual healing. It was physical healing as well. So as we take the bread today, I want you to just come into agreement and come in covenant with God. And just, if you're suffering from some kind of health issue that, that you need healed from, I just want you to come into agreement and just say, Lord, I know that your word says that you died for my healing. And I'm believing that as I take this supper and I look back to your benefits, what does the, the book of Psalms says? Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits, who forgives my sins and heals all my disease. It's the double cure. It's the double cure. Amen. Lord, I thank you for your body. I thank you for your word that says, by your stripes, we are healed. Lord, we come into agreement. We enter in and by faith. And I just pray for any of my brothers and sisters in Christ that are suffering from any sickness or disease. Lord, I pray that as we take the body together, that health and healing would come into their body. And amongst the people who are in this church today, there would not be one feeble amongst us. We thank you, Lord. Go ahead and take the bread. And the cup which represents the blood. They used to offer sacrifices. They used to offer lambs at the Passover uh, festivals. And, and, and this whole time from the Passover to Jesus, they were sacrificing animals to make a covering for their sins. And the blood of bulls and goats could only cover sins. If you have a big coffee stain on a tablecloth, you could take some blood from an animal and and cover it up and you wouldn't be able to see the coffee stain but it was just a covering for the sins however the blood of jesus is different the blood of jesus takes away the sins it wipes the slate clean no matter what you've done don't allow the devil to say that there's something that you cannot be forgiven for if you've given your life to jesus he's forgiven you of all of your sins past present and future well how can you say future sins guess what when jesus died all your sins were in the future amen. amen and if you're his you're forgiven you're justified you've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb but the thing that they would do before they would celebrate passover is they would take all the yeast out of their house it was very important to them 
So they wouldn't have any yeast in their house, right? And, and yeast is what we, we put in bread so the bread can rise. And, and in Bible typology, the yeast can represent sin. And so they would, they would purge their house from anything that was yeast. And it was a type of us purging our own hearts from sin in our lives. And so before we enter and take the cup, I just want to take a moment to examine ourselves. And, and as we begin this holy week, what is the sin that we're struggling with? What is the sin that we can't seem to get victory over? And this is not a, in a condemning way because the grace of God is there to forgive you and to empower you to overcome that sin. There's nothing that's too great that he can't break that off of your life. So just take a moment, just get quiet before the Lord. Just, just going to take about 20 seconds. Lord, search our heart. There's just something that you need to confess to the Lord. You can just quietly just confess it to the Lord. It's just you and your Lord, you and the Lord. You don't need another man to forgive you. You just you confess it to the Lord. And it says that if we uh, confess our sins, then He is is just to forgive us of all our sins. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. The reason that He's just to forgive us of all our sins is because Jesus already paid for them. So it would be unjust for us to carry him if Jesus already paid for him, amen? Lord, I thank you for forgiving us from all of our sins. I thank you, Lord, that you became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, I thank you that we are covered by the blood. I thank you that Satan has no power over us. Lord, and I thank you that even death doesn't have any power over us because we will live in eternity with you. And so, Lord, I pray that as we take the cup, that every person in here would have a revelation of your love, your forgiveness, your grace, and who they are as sons and daughters of Christ. Go ahead and take the cup. Worship team, if you just want to make your way forward. Maybe you want to take some extra time this week to maybe just pray a little bit more. Maybe you want to take a day to fast and remember the Lord as we maybe, maybe take another step, maybe go a little deeper in the things of God this week. Maybe you're going to abstain from some things. Maybe you're going to take some time away from some things so you can put more time into the Lord. God wants us to grow. He wants us to go further. There's levels. There's glory to glory, faith to faith. Amen? Amen. And he wants us to go further in the things of God. And let's not just go through this, okay, you know, another week where chocolate baskets and Easter eggs. 
Let's look forward to the one who rose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And because he lives, we will live also. Amen. If you want to just rise to your feet, I just want to pray a blessing over you. I'm going to pray a blessing over you and then I'll dismiss you and then these guys are going to worship so you can stay as long or as short as you want. If you need prayer for a particular reason, these altars are open. Feel free to come up. If you just feel like you just want to come up and worship the Lord, sometimes you're just going to need them. You know, I just feel that right now that there's just some people in here. Sometimes you just got to cry it out. Sometimes there's just some things in your life and there's just some things inside and sometimes you just need to grieve them and you need to just get in God's presence and you need to just cry those things out. And I just really feel that just as there was a releasing of the burden of slavery in Egypt, that they were released from that burden, there's people in here that you're carrying burdens. And you hear the words that I'm saying and you're, you're here, but you're carrying a heavy burden and can I tell you something? The Lord wants to release you from that. He wants to release you from those heavy burdens. He wants you to be free. He wants you to be light. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to have peace in your life. Some of you just need to forgive yourself. Just need to forgive yourself. And if, and if you're saying, well, I know God forgives me, but I can't forgive myself. Well, then you're being your own God and you're making yourself more powerful than God. You take it to the cross. You left it there. You don't have yesterday. Guess what? Now, I, all of us wish that we could go back and do things differently. I, but you don't. You have today. You have today. And we go forward. We move forward in forgiveness and grace and the power of God. And we look forward and we believe, God, that guess what? This is going to be our greatest year ever. This is going to be our greatest year ever. That this is going to be the greatest year that we ever had. I'm not going to stay stuck anymore. I'm not going to keep walking around in the same circles anymore. I'm not going to beat myself up for anymore. I'm going to go forward with the things of God today. Amen? Amen. Just lift your hands to heaven. Thank you, Lord, for your people. Thank you that we are free. I just pray that you would just bless them and keep them. That you would allow your countenance to shine upon them. You would let your light be upon them and you would give them peace. And until we meet again, I pray that the blessing and the favor of the Lord Jesus Christ would rest upon you and your house. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can stick around for worship, fellowship, prayer, but this service is dismissed. Love you guys. A thousand times I've you mercy should have stumbled Still I'm caught in your grace Everlasting, your light will shine When all else fades, never ending Your glory goes behind
Your light will shine. 
So 
Glory, 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 glory,